Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to talk today again, continue and finish our message on breakthrough prayer. Isn't that good? Just, doesn't that sound good? You know, you're stuck in a certain way. You've been praying time and time again, waiting for God to come through. And he says, I want you to break through. Ain't that right, Bindi? Breakthrough. Come on now. Now, when you break through, that means there's some buildup. You know, there's some accumulation of prayers, things that you've been praying that gets to a head, and then all of a sudden you just can break right through. And, and Bindi's getting excited because she said she likes that little physical movement, see, because she got some breakthrough. And she, when she was thinking about it, she says, I'm going to see my breakthrough. Amen? Hallelujah. So what is, a, what is a breakthrough? What's the definition of it? It's a sudden burst that pushes you beyond your limits, beyond what is containing you, beyond what is letting you, uh, not letting you advance. Let me say it a different way. It's a sudden burst into something that you weren't expecting. Amen? You, you, you want it to happen, but you're wondering, what, what's keeping it? What's preventing it from happening? Well, you got to break through. Sometimes there's things that just, hold, you know, there's walls and things that want to hold you back, but it's an, it's an action that you want to experience. So how many of you want breakthrough in your life? You want some things to change. It might be an emotional hang-up. You know, I, I found out that if you go through an emotional problem, you've had a pain in your life, it's hard to get over it. Sometimes you get stuck emotionally. It could be when you're a teenager. It could be when you're an adult. Something tragic happens to you, and you get stuck there. And you, you react at that certain age. You might have got hurt at 14, so you're like a 14-year-old emotionally. People might say things to you, and you get all offended. You go, oh, what are you crying about? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just crying. We had one lady at Kaiser. Uh, she... Uh, uh, we had a, uh, we were going to celebrate birthdays, and uh, so it was in the middle of the year, and so we said, well, we'll start now in July. She goes, well, what about mine? Mine's in January. I, do I have to wait all the way to January before you celebrate my birthday? And so she was the only one that objected in the whole 65 people that were in our department. So I had to go and, you know, kind of console her and kind of figure out what, do an exploratory uh, interview. What is the problem? I said it in a more polite way. She says, Ever since I was growing up, I always got left out on my birthdays. And here I am now, 65 or 60 years old, and they're leaving me out. I go, I understand how you feel. So we just said, forget it. We're not having birthdays for anybody. Why go through this? Amen? We're an organization. We're a business. We're not you know, a birthday party thing. But anyway, so you never know what's holding you back. It might be an emotional thing. You, gotta get, you have to break through and get clear and free of that. Praise God. You might have uh, financial difficulties that are burdening you. You know, financial difficulties can just like be a cloud over your head. I got to break through. I got to get vision. I got to see what's going to happen. You know, like Rosie, we talked about Rosie where she was trying to retire and it didn't look like it was going to work out. And so she found out, she got investigative reporting, found out she can make more retired than she does working through different agencies and different ways of making it happen. So you can break through. God will give you wisdom on how to break through. Praise God. And um, there might be a physical problem that stresses you out. You know, when you're sick, you feel like, oh, man, I'm never going to get well. And when you're well, you think you're never going to get sick. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> you know, you can be sick for three days. You think, oh, I don't know if this is ever going to, if I'm ever going to be whole again. Yeah, you will. Praise the Lord. So everybody here, I think, needs a breakthrough in your life in one area or another. Isn't that true? Well, you know, God is called the God of breakthrough. He wants you to break through. He wants, you to be, he wants to be with you to help you to break through. He's not just sitting around going like, well, I hope they make it. 
No, he said, I'll be with you. I'll be able to help you. And one of the examples was when King David was fighting his enemies, and he came across an impossible situation where the troops were there, and he had to get by to take the city. And so he asked the Lord, Lord, should I attack the Philistines now? He said, yes, I will be with you. And sure enough, God broke through. In fact, he called that place, uh, he called the Lord the God of breakthrough. Baal Perizim, the God of breakthrough. You want, you want God to be your breakthrough? And, and in fact, David wrote a psalm about it in Psalms 18, verse 3, and then also 29. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. You know that song? Okay. That's a song. And here's another one. For by you I can run. Oop, back up. For by you I can run through a troop, and by my God I shall leap over a wall. Now, what does that mean? And how, what's that got to do with anything, right? Well, they made a song out of it. Can you believe that? I have it right here. Let's see. I can run through a troop and jump over a wall. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. He's my sword and my shield. He gives power to all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's my rock and my salvation. There is now no condemnation. I can run through a troop and jump over a wall. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you want to know what to do when you're at home and you don't know what to do, you can sing songs like that to the Lord, and he won't laugh at you, and he won't say you're off key or anything. He'll say, I'm so glad you made a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I just did that to get you excited, make you have, have some fun. So let's review a quick, uh, uh, let's do a quick review of the steps that we had last week on how to break through. Those of you that weren't here and some of you that need to have a review, let's look at this, okay? So... The first step is to get in the presence of God in your life. Get the presence of God. Get into his presence, right? The second is look at your past, present, and future actions and repent. Get your life together, amen? Third, be persistent in prayer. And fourth, get a posture or a stance of believing God. Don't give up. Don't you know, discard it, even if it doesn't look like it's happening. You keep a positive uh, faith stance and saying, I know my God is going to come through. So let's look at these again uh, one by one. The next slide talks about being in the presence of God. So Matthew 6, 6 says, Assuredly, I say to you, when you pray, go into your closet, and when you have shut your door, Pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You wonder, where is the Lord? He's in that secret place, right? you got to go find it. Um, So we have to get into the presence of God in the secret place. You know, I don't know if you guys have this, if you live in a house that's got a, you know, it's elongated, or if you have a house that's two-story. My son and my wife will try to talk to me when I'm in the far end of the house, Without coming into my presence, they go, hey, Dad, uh, did you do this, or can you get that? I'm going like, what? I can't hear you. Ariana will go, hey, babe, babe, can you get this? Can you get that? What? What? What are you talking about? Come into the 
into the, my room. Let's get into the same place so that we can talk face to face. A lot of us are trying to tell God, give God a request, and he's up there in heaven, and we're trying to reach him, and we're not letting him come in and be in our presence. Amen? Can, you, can I get a witness? God is a spirit, and we have to worship him in spirit and truth. We have to get into his realm, his spirit realm, by prayer and by worship and saying, Lord, I'm with you. Are you with me? Lord, can I talk to you? I want to be with you. And the Bible says, let's look at this next slide. You know, we're trying to reach heaven with a megaphone. Hey, God, are you up there? No, just wait for him to come down. Amen? He's with us, and he wants to be with us and share with us. But where do we find him? In the secret place. Now, I had a friend that used to, be, used to live in New York, and so he went to go visit his relatives, and they lived in the projects. How many of you are familiar with the projects in New York? Oh, there she goes. Jeannie knows. Bindi, you know. Very uh, elegant place, right, the project? No? Scary. Very spacious, right? No. Yes. And I looked it up. It's only like 1,000 square feet for the apartment that they live in, stacked up all on top of one another. And so when he went to go visit his relatives, he goes, Brother Chuck, uh, I had a hard time finding a secret place. <laughs> I looked all around. He says, my relatives, since the place was so small, what they did is they took the doors off so that they had, you know, because if they opened up the door, they'd knock over the furniture. They said they took the doors off so that there was free access throughout the house. He said, so wherever I went, I, I wasn't in the secret place. So you may say, well, could, didn't you go in the bathroom? Yes, he went in the bathroom, but that only lasted for so long because always somebody had to go. So he says, I couldn't find a secret place. But we here in good old California, we can find a secret place, a place that we can be alone with the Lord. Amen? Praise the Lord. So we have to be in the presence of the Lord. And uh, I like, you know, it's an honor to be able to get into his presence, isn't it? That God Almighty would actually allow us to come and speak to him about things that we need. And the Bible says to come, what? Boldly, confidently into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so you look at that verse up, in time of need. You know what else you can translate it? In the nick of time. You ever, you ever need the Lord in the nick of Lord, I, if you don't come this week, I don't know what I'm going to do. That was your prayer, right? Lord, I got the bills, you know? Yeah, I need you to show up. So I was remembering when I was a kid, way back when. <laughs> and uh, we used to, you know, the comic book heroes and the cartoon heroes, you know, they have Superman and Spider-Man and Batman. But one of my favorites was Mighty Mouse. You guys like Mighty Mouse? There he is. And how did that song go? That means that mighty mouse is on his way. And I thought, oh, that's so cool. I like that. And I, they were just modeling it after the Lord. He said, I'll come and save you just in the nick of time. Praise the Lord. So now I have adopted that into my spiritual DNA. I feel like I'm the pastor that has to come just in the nick of time. You need help? I'll be there, okay? You need prayer? Let's do it, okay? You need finances? Let's believe God. We have... <laughs> Who was it? Oh, yeah. You know, we had a testimony of uh, Wilson and Criselda, how they, I said, this is, a, this is a problem that I don't even know if God can solve. And he solved it. So another person came to me this week and said, I got, another, I got a problem for you that God can't solve. I go, well, let's pray. Let's see what God will do. And guess what? He did it. 
just in the nick of time. Hallelujah. So get in the presence of the Lord. He can handle your situations. Don't shy away. Don't try to do a megaphone. Get in the same room. Get in his presence. Amen? So the second thing is we have to look at our past, our present, and our future actions. Said in the, uh, our vernacular, clean up your act. Amen? Let's get right, church, and let's go home. Praise God. You know what you're supposed to do. You have to be on your best behavior. Turn from your wicked ways. Oh, pastor, I don't have any wicked ways. Well, I don't know about that. You know, sometimes we have what they call secret sins, you know, sins that we hold on to that we don't really let out, and we wonder, like, you know, well, where did that come from? And it, it might be attitudes towards people. Everybody got a perfect attitude. Everybody's just, oh, that person. I know they're not doing right, but God loves them, right? No. You say, like, I don't know what's wrong with that person. Don't they know the Bible? There's unforgiveness. I forgive you, but bitterness, resentment, gossip, lust, unpure thoughts, unkind words, selfish actions, unholy ways, mean, petty, harsh people. Saved? Yes. Completely delivered, sanctified? No. Why? Because we try, we, we try to coast, we try to get by, we just try to see, you know, that's, nothing's really pressing. But when God, when, when things are going wrong and you need God to help you, man, you clean up your act. Okay, Lord, you know, when you're trying to get something from your parents, you do everything right. You take out the trash, you mow the lawn, whatever you want. I love you, Mom. I love you, Dad. What do you need me to do? Okay? I'm on my best behavior. I can remember when we were at uh, our first church and we were in charge of children's church. And they had a big convention at the Pasadena Convention Center. And there were 60 kids that we had to take care of. It started at 7 o'clock, and it ended at midnight. Now, we didn't know that it was going to end at midnight, but, you know, some churches go on and on and on, singing and dancing, prophesying, you know, taking one, two offerings. And so here we're with these kids, and I had something prepared for two hours, not five hours. So after a while, I'm running out of stuff. I'm running out of material. I did all my games, I did all my tricks, all my fun, and I'm, now I'm stuck. And so the kids are, you know, they're antsy, of course, too. So I said, okay, I tell you what, God gave me a great idea. He said, I tell you, if you kids can act good and perfect, I'll give you a dollar. My Lord, I don't know what happened. These kids, all of a sudden, man, they sat up in their, in their chairs, they had their hands crossed, and they were just, they didn't move, and I go, are these the same kids that were here just five minutes ago? For a dollar. 30 kids. Marianne had the girls, and I had the boy. I don't know what she did. <laughs> the guys, I took them, before this, I took them outside and I go, okay, you guys, I just want to tell you something. I'm bigger than you. I can beat you up. <laughs> so you better obey. I said, if you think you can take me, come on. And one little kid that I wrestled with all the time at his house he said, oh, I can take you. He whips his jacket off and jump, runs and jumps on me. I go, Roy, stop it. Get down. <laughs> so I said, that didn't work. So that's when I did the dollar trick. And <laughs> Thank God. God is good. Amen? Let's see the scripture. Uh, see, Isaiah 59, 2 says, Your iniquities have separated you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not. Here, I want to tell you, in my little journey, I repented of everything. 
Lord, I'm just going to be yours. I'm going to divorce myself from anything that is not of you. The Bible says that you should love good and hate evil. So I don't, you know, it's like a whole different world. When you got one foot on earth and one foot in heaven, you know, you just like touch and go. Because <laughs> they told me, they said, listen, you got about three months to six months to live. So get your house in order or go to the chemo and let's see what happens. So I said, I'll go with the chemo. They'll give me a little time to believe God and see God work. And so he did, praise God. But in the meantime, uh, you know, I'm on my best behavior. I want that dollar, praise God. Okay. Amen. <laughs> now let's look at this guy right here. You guys know this guy, Oscar uh, Pistorius? I think that's how you say his name. Yeah, Pistorius. He's an admired Olympic runner with artificial legs that overcame adversity and won. I don't know if he won, but he was in the Olympics. And, and, uh, but iniquity was found in him because he had a girlfriend that broke up with him. And guess what he did? Shot her. Shot her in the bathroom. What was going on? Here he looks great. Here he is. Yeah, okay, let's look at it. He's in the court case. Let's look, let's look at that next slide. Trying to ask God for help. I mean, he'll get as much help as he can get, but you can't erase what he did. Iniquity was found in him. You know many ministers, they have these problems, and I know them personally, and I know that they have pursued the Lord, they love the Lord, but there's a little iniquity in the, on the inside of them that if they don't address it, it comes up. The devil tempts you with it, and that's when you see all these sexual sins, these money uh, problems, because they didn't address it. They didn't allow uh, the Lord to um, uh, remove it from them. So we don't want to be like that. Praise God. And uh, so that's that. So get your act together, right? Because, you know, I've heard this. I, I don't know. It says it in the Bible, but unforgiveness can keep you out of heaven. The Bible says there's everything that the Lord can forgive you, but unforgiveness, if you don't forgive others, God can't forgive you. So if you have unforgiveness, let it go. Praise God. Just like Jesus. He wasn't mad at Judas. He didn't say, you know, Judas, I'm just really disappointed in you. I you know, took care of you for three and a half years. This is the way you pay me back. Because he was going to go to the Father. And he couldn't have unforgiveness and go to the Father and be a sacrifice. And we can't either. He can't get to heaven going like, you know what? I, I, can you believe that, Judas? <laughs> I'm so mad at him. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, I put him on the schedule and he just he didn't show up. I don't know. I'm just so mad. Can't do that. Praise the Lord. So third thing is, breakthrough prayers require persistence, tenacity, relentless diligence, not giving up, knowing that your prayer is registered in heaven, and uh, you're not giving up. So you to get a breakthrough, you have to continue and have an accumulation of prayers uh, so that your faith is built up so that you can break through. The Bible says go from faith to faith. The Bible says that the church continually prayed steadfastly, and uh, sought each other. So you want to see something happens? you got to keep praying. Now, Daniel, in the book of Daniel, he prayed one prayer, and by the time he was done with his prayer, the angel was there with the answer. Isn't that nice? Wasn't it? That's beautiful. You get done with the prayer, angel's there. I got the answer. <laughs> the next time he prayed, in the next chapter, it was three weeks before the angel came. And I'm sure he's wondering, what is going on here? 21 days. Finally, the angel came and goes, whew, Man, I would have been here sooner, but man, the prince of Persia was keeping me, and I had to fight him. It was, it was bad news, you know, but as, when you prayed, the Lord heard your prayer, 
And we, we were out here, but you know what? Things happen, so, you know, don't give up. Now, look at this. This is going to change your whole thinking, I hope. It says, this is talking about John the Baptist's parents. And they were both righteous before God. That's a pretty good thing, right? Would they say that about you? All right, I hear the chuckle. Walking in all the commandments. So their life was perfect. They didn't have any sin. They were doing good things. Walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child. But, Lord, we've been praying for a child. What's the problem? You're holding back on us. Because that Elizabeth was barren and they both were now well stricken in years. Translation, they're old, okay? It's over. Forget about it. You know, we're not going to have that. But guess what? The next verse says, And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. That might be a grammatical error. What do you think? Your prayer is heard? Shouldn't have been your prayer was heard? In God's eyes, in the spiritual realm, is means that it is recorded in heaven, and we're working on it. Praise God. God's working on your request. And your wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and you shall call his name John. Doesn't that make, doesn't it really touch your heart to know that your prayer is registered in heaven? We talked about it last week where there's, there's bowls of your prayers, like incense that is filled up with it filled in heaven with all your prayers, and then when it hits a tipping point, it gets, goes to another bowl, and then the fire of God comes and throws down your answer. So, like, just don't give up. Believe God for your answer. Amen? We have a, a semi, semi-testimony. Um, Sally was talking to me the other day that she has a neighbor. You're supposed to witness to your neighbors, aren't you? You're supposed to talk to them about the Lord. And anyway, she, she talked to him about, she talked to this lady who was in a wheelchair, she said. What, what was the story? Oh, well, when I went outside, I saw her working on the yard and bent over and moving rocks and, you know, weeding and doing all these things. And I said, gee, you're so agile. I said, I don't think I can do that anymore. But anyway, she was uh, working on her yard, and, and she said, uh, you know, it hasn't always been this way. She says, I used to be a paraplegic. She was in a wheelchair for so many years. She had been a, t- a nurse for about 20 years, and then all of a sudden, one day, she couldn't get out of bed. She was totally, her body was frozen. And uh, so she said that she never gave up, gave up on her faith. She always had faith that, you know, she didn't know what was going on. Doctors didn't know what was going on. But she was in a wheelchair for many, many years and couldn't do anything. She said she really um, was really bad at that one time when she had to be bathed. She said that was really humbling for her. So uh, she went on in phase, and they sent her home because they didn't know what to do for her. But her daughter is the one that took care of her, and they sent nurses to her home to take care of her. And one day she told her daughter, just bring me my walker. Put the walker there by my bed. And the daughter says, but mom, you can't even get up, you know. And she says, just leave it there. Just leave it there. She says she wanted to wash dishes for her daughter. <laughs> and so the daughter um, brought, the there, brought her the, um, the walker and left it there by her bed, and the daughter left. And so she said she started getting out of bed. She was trembling, and she was falling, and she was trembling getting out of bed. And she finally got up enough strength to go, and she washed the dishes for her daughter. And from that day on, she just believed in her faith and gave glory to God and would not give up and came back again. And she's out there in her yard now. (laughs) 
So it's a tremendous testimony that she has, and hopefully one day she'll come and share it, and I was hoping she'd be here today. Amen. You did a wonderful job, though, in describing that. Don't give up. Get some breakthrough. Praise God. Amen. And that was an act of faith, just getting up to do the dishes, and you guys know how that is. Sometimes you just have to take a stand. Praise God. So the, the last uh, part, let me see if we have a picture. Oh, yeah. Some, doesn't it feel like sometimes when you believe in God, it's like climbing uphill, going straight up? You know, it doesn't look like you're going to make it. You're alone. You're, you're isolated, and you're saying, God, where are you? This, you know, doesn't that feel that way? But you have to keep going on, keep going on. It was years that she was in the, in the wheelchair, right? Patricia was in the, in the wheelchair for how long? It hit me going 100 miles an hour on the freeway. My, my car went off the bridge of the freeway. And my door flew open, and I flew 40 feet down to another freeway. And, you know, I, I can relate to that testimony because I couldn't walk. You know, I was paralyzed. And, but believe me when I tell you, when you have that motivation of God help me, you do, you know, trust in him. And the same thing, my, my chair was right there, and my sister would help me take a bath and everything, and one day I said, I don't want to be in this anymore. You know, I need to walk. And it was scary, but I'm walking today because of God. Amen. Amen. Keep believing. Praise the Lord. So the last uh, part of this review is your posture, your stance. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So I have a picture of a happy guy. Here in the next slide. There he is. Handsome looking guy, isn't it? I just put that up there for you ladies, you know, to say. <laughs> I don't know if he's saved or not, Michael, but, you know. He does look happy, don't it? I tell people, that's the way I look on the inside, okay? You know, I feel good. I feel happy. I feel good. I wanted to mention that in prayer, uh, there's a thing called the fourth watch, and it's the hours between three and six in the morning, and it's you know, it's not really proven, but it's been testified that that's kind of a time when God comes and visits his people because it's quiet. There's not a lot going on. You're not distracted. Your mind is clear, and your spirit is alive, and he speaks to you, and he talks to you. And that's when Jesus would pray. He would pray what? Early in the morning. And let's look at that. Let's look at that next slide. Goodbye. See you later. He's still happy. Next slide, please. There we go. Now, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight. How many of you got up a long while before daylight? Or you just saw daylight for a while, and then you went back to sleep. Praise God. Uh, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. Let's look at the next slide. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out for fear. Why would they cry out for fear? After studying this, they found out if you're on a ship like that and you see a ghost or someone that passed from a shipwreck and you see him, the same thing is going to happen to you. That's why Peter said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come because I think this ship is going down or this boat's going down. But he, the fourth watch is between 3 and 6 o'clock. Now, it's hard to verify, but I tell you this, if you ask the Lord to wake you up at 3 o'clock in the morning... Right, Brother Tony? He will wake you up. You want to pray for souls? You want to pray for his will? He will wake you up, and you'll be alive. Your eyes will open up, and you go like, wow, 
Uh, how could I be so awake at 3 o'clock in the morning? You pray a little bit, and then you go back to sleep. And that's what Jesus did. He would get up early. He, so the, the, the thing that we're trying to display here, the, the, the uh, fifth um, part of the steps is the priority. Do we have that there? Priority of prayer. You have to make the prayer your priority. What does that mean? That means the first thing that you do. That means that your life begins with prayer. And prayer is the way you develop your relationship with God. Did you know that? You know, my wife, she needs me to talk to her. She said, we, we, we're not spending any time together. I go, what are you talking about? We drive to work, you know. We drive to church. You know, when we used to work together at, at, at uh, the other church, we worked together. We were with each other all the time. But there's that personal interaction that you need to have. And God says, I want to spend some time with you. So uh, Jesus kept a close relationship with his father. And accordingly, all of the miracles that Jesus did flowed out of his relationship. So much that the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray so that we can have those uh, miracles. And so, see, there's a scripture on this. Uh, next slide. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. When you get something that's not pleasant or it's coming against you, what do you do? Cry, scream, blame somebody. No, you pray. You know, my, my family, we've learned when we have dire situations, we come together, the Bible says a threefold cord uh, can't be uh, broken. So we pray. Impossible situations, believe in God, and God always comes through. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, hallelujah, how many of you want the peace of God? Amen. Which surpasses all understanding. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know he's going to do it. Will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's a priority. Get up in the morning and pray. Some people say, well, I just pray at night. Well, that's okay, I guess, if it works for you. But the Bible says, early in the morning will I seek you, right? Do the best. At least say, hello, Lord. Good morning, Holy Spirit, right? What am I supposed to do today? You got to get your marching orders. You got to find out what God wants you to do. Can I get an amen? Amen. So the second thing is priority. Make it a priority to pray. Well, the Lord knows what I need. The Lord knows, you know, he's, he's a good God. Yeah, but he wants to hear it out of your mouth. Second thing is preeminence of prayer. I like this. I like this. I like this. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by his glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you might be partakers of his divine nature. So, what am I saying? There's a natural world and there's a spiritual world. We see the natural world, but there's a spiritual world going on that we can tap into that raises us above the natural world, natural situations. You might have a, uh, a boss that's telling you one thing. You might have a landlord that's telling you one thing. But God is able to raise you up above all that and then give you favor and you know, bestow things upon you that you didn't think would happen. The doctor may give you a bad report, but what does the Bible says? I will believe the report of the Lord. Praise the Lord. We went to the doctor, my, my son and I, and what they said is, well, if you don't get, you know, 100% remittance, we're going to put you on this little bone marrow transplant. And uh, he goes, well, you, I go, what's that entail? I go, well, you'll be in the hospital for a month, and then it'll take about six months to recover. I go, what? 
you're a mad scientist. You want, you want to burn me at the skewer? I told my son, listen, I've been serving the Lord all my life. He's not going to put me through this. And this guy is like, you know, almost, almost drooling. Yeah, we're going to put you through. <laughs> I go, well, what are the odds of me recovering from all this? He goes, well, you'll probably live another couple of years. I go, what? You've got to be kidding me. I, just, I was almost crying to my son. I go, no, this is not going to happen to me. I am not going to go through this. My God, whom I serve, the Bible says, if you serve the Lord, he will take sickness away from the midst of thee. I said, that's your promise, Lord, and that's what we believe. We pray the word of God in our lives. The Bible says the whole uh, world was created by the word of God. Guess what? Your world is created by the word of God. Did you know that? What kind of world are you living? Well, let's see. The Bible says that the world was framed by the word of God. What's in your frame? What's in your wallet? No. <laughs> What's in your frame? I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. Amen. The Lord is with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm blessed going in, blessed coming out. God is with me wherever I go. His favor, right? I'm the redeemed of the Lord. Or, I'm so depressed. Things are not just going my way. It just seems like God doesn't hear me. I don't know. I was born under a cloud. Things aren't going right for me. Right? What kind of frame are you going to put? What? Let me see, Patricia. I'll put her on the spot. This is your day. Come here. What kind of frame do you, what kind of world do you have? I have a happy world. Okay. I'm always happy. Yeah. What scripture you got for that? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lead not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Amen. Hallelujah. You got one more? No. Okay. <laughs> She's got a big picture, but it's just one, one dimensional. Amen. Yeah, it is the most person of the Lord. Amen. So what kind of world are you going to frame? It's up to you. It's, see, the Word of God takes preeminence over what you're facing. The Bible says that he, said he, he, uh, he exalted his Word above his name. In other words, his Word is so precious that if you speak it, you speak it out, God will make it happen in your life, regardless of you. <laughs> I like that part, don't you? He takes care of all of our iniquities, all of our sins, all of our misgivings, all of our uh, inadequacies. He says, I'll raise you up above, and I'll honor you, and you will give me praise. I like that. Praise the Lord. Praise elevates you to a degree uh, of a higher realm, a higher place. Every miracle, I'm going to read this, every miracle has been supplied at the cross of Christ. So we decree from the position of authority where we are seated together with Christ in the heavenly realm, and we pray from a position of righteousness, which is our third thing. Let's look at it. This is so important. Oh, my God. If they're not, all of them are important, this is just as important. From a position of righteousness. Oh, we're just sinners. Oh, we're just worms. No, we're not. God has redeemed us. He loves us with an everlasting love. He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. Isn't that nice? He said, you are my redeemed. You are my beloved in whom I am well pleased. So it says, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 
We are righteous before Him. It's not what we do, it's who we are, who's we belong to. We belong to the Lord. And so we can come and pray and say, Lord, in Jesus' name, I come before you and ask for your uh, blessing or your provision or your deliverance, whatever it is. And God's saying, I hear Jesus. I hear the word of God. I, this is music to my ears. I love hearing this. Praise God. The Bible says what? An effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man does what? Avails much. Falls on deaf ears. No. The Bible says, this is the will of God concerning you, that if you pray according to my will, I hear you. And if I hear you, I will give you the petitions that I desired of you. You know, we have open access to the Lord because of who Jesus was. We have to believe that and know that and get excited about that. Last thing, as Christians, we have to know the principles of the kingdom of God and, how, and, and, and know how to fight for our rights as legal citizens of the kingdom of God. You don't know who I am. I belong to the Lord. In fact, I told that mad scientist that I'm going to come back and tell you and show you that my God is going to deliver me, you know? I said, I, he, he told me all that stuff. I said, I don't care. I said, you know, if the Lord, if it doesn't work, I'll just be in heaven. How about you? <laughs> Where are you going to be after all your diagnosis? Amen? So uh, I'm, I'm going to go back to him. I didn't give him the, the whole nine yards. I'm just so happy to hear the, the end result. You're free. You're cancer-free, buddy. Amen. Hallelujah. So whatever you need in the Lord, get a breakthrough. Amen? Amen? Let's close our eyes and lift our hearts up to the Lord. So, Father, I just thank you for your blessing upon our lives. We thank you, that, Lord God, that we have steps to see breakthrough in our lives because, Father, you are the God of breakthrough. You're able to break through every situation we're facing. We're able to see your deliverance, see your victory come to pass because we trust and believe in you. So, Father, I just thank you right now. For those that are here, if you need a breakthrough in your life, just raise your hand right now to the Lord. I see those hands. Praise God. Amen. So as you follow these steps, know that God is going to break through for you. Are you encouraged? Are you, are you, you know, the Bible says God is not a respecter of persons. What he did for one, he'll do for another. Amen. But he does have intimates, those that spend time with him. And when you spend time with him in his presence and you declare the things that he has declared over you, you will see his glory. There's the Lord right now. Thank you, Father, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that you're ministering to your people right now. Your grace, your presence, and we thank you that we can trust in you, Lord, with all of our heart, leaning not into our own understanding. In all our ways, we acknowledge you, and you direct our paths. So, Father, take your people, Lord. Take them to the place where you want them to be so that they can see breakthrough in their lives. Hallelujah. That, Father, we're not stuck, we're not trapped, we're not locked in, but we have a victory in another realm, in the spiritual realm that you want to take us. So, Father, we give you the praise and the glory and the honor for what you're doing. Hallelujah. Let's just let the Lord settle in your hearts right now. We have a few minutes.